if you have your Bibles, uh, we're going to continue in our lesson tonight dealing with the subject, laws of the kingdom of God or application of the kingdom of God. Understanding the application of the laws, however you want to put it, of the kingdom of God. And the reason <clears throat> we are sticking with this subject about laws of the kingdom of God is because our righteousness is attached to the kingdom of God. Now, you know, the theme of this year is awaken to righteousness. Amen. And so when we say the word awaken, it means to rouse one understanding. In other words, we are rousing your understanding to know that there is a new identity that you and I possess. Amen. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen. So now tonight, <clears throat> now uh, on my online Bible school that I do every day, I've been using Matthew chapter 6. And I want to uh, go back over here tonight just for a moment. I want you to see this in Matthew chapter 6. And let's put this, uh, <clears throat> Bobby, put this up here in, um, I don't know, did I do, did I do Matthew 6 with y'all here? I didn't do that. Okay, let's go uh, Matthew 6, and let's start at verse 19. <clears throat> and let's uh, use the NLT for this. Uh, It said, don't store up treasure here on earth where moth eats them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Next verse. Store, it says, store your treasures where? In heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy. And just think about what can I store in heaven? Sure can't be money. Hmm? Is that right? I'm going to let that hang there for a moment. I want you to think about that. And, where, and thieves do not break through, break in and steal. Verse 21. Where your treasure is, now it may give you identity, there the desires of your heart will also be. Let's say that again. Where what? Your treasure is. That means Whatever you think on Proverbs 23, 7 said, as a man think it in his heart, so is he. So in other words, your body cannot go where your mind has not already gone. Right? So you, so what is Proverbs 18, 21 says, life and death is where? In the power of the tongue. Is that right? Let's put that up for a moment. Put up Proverbs 18, 20. Uh, 21 for a moment. And I want you to see the second half of that verse of scripture. We'll come right back to this. Proverbs chapter 18. And notice this. The tongue can bring death or life. You see that? So, who, so who's the subject? I. You. Right? You have, to be, you have to be the one to choose your word. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequence. Now put this back in the King James because I love old King James <clears throat> or either new King James. I'm just an old King James person. 
Death and life is in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will do what? Eat its fruit. Or as the New LAT, uh, uh, International said, the consequences of it. Is that right? So that means you have to be responsible for what it is that you let come out of your mouth because words are like spiritual containers. Okay? Now watch this. Go back to uh, Matthew chapter 6. <clears throat> And look at verse, uh, what is that, verse 21? So he said, for where your treasure is, there you your heart be also. Next verse. The lamp of the body, watch this, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, then your whole body will be full of light. So now we know that as he said, lay not up treasure on earth where wrath and moths can destroy. So now we're beginning to see, he said, the lamp of the body is what? The eye. What is, what is a lamp good for? Light. You don't take a lamp and put it under a table, right? The purpose of the lamp is to put it where? On top. Is that right? So watch this. <clears throat> If therefore thine eye be single, then your whole body should be full of light. In other words, this is talking about having understanding about the kingdom of God. Amen? Watch this. Next verse. But if thine eye be evil, the whole body should be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkened, how great is that darkness? Hmm. Is that right? What is he talking about? He's talking about understanding. Can you see that? Now watch this. Go back to verse 20, go to verse 24. He said, no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one, love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God. And what it, the, the word mammon is, is money, riches. You can't serve God in money. It's not that God don't want us to be rich. God need us to be rich, but he don't need the riches to hell to, you know, to have us. Amen? Money is used to distribute. Is that right? Okay. Now, I'm going to read one more verse, and then I'm going to go take you to where I want you to look at tonight. Look at verse 25. <clears throat> He said, therefore, I say to you, take no thought for what? For your life. What shall you eat? What shall you drink? Nor yet for your body, what you shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. What is he saying? When every time you see the word, therefore, you have to do what? See Therefore, what it is there for? I say unto you, what is it there for? Take no thought. One translation say, saying. It said, take no thought for your life, what you should eat. What are we talking about? Laws of the kingdom. That means God is putting himself responsible to take care of you and I. 
So we don't have to take thought for So therefore, I can go out and be a blessing to someone else. Why? When you understand purpose, then you're not concerned about yourself. You're only concerned about fulfilling the will of God that is for your life. Why? Because you fulfilling God's will, it is God working through you that others can see God, that others can experience God. They can't see God because he's a spirit, but they can see the attributes of God through you and I, right? So when, you, when God, when we begin to distribute whatever that is in helping someone, doing for someone, they can see the love of God. Can you see that? Now, this is what he means by take no thought for your life. Why? Because your life has already been what? Number one, your life has already been laid down. Your life has already been spoken for. What is Galatians 2.20 says? Let's put that up for a moment. Uh, Bobby, Galatians 2.20. So what is <clears throat> I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. See that? To be crucified means to be put to death. What part of you that's been put to death? Now, spirit, soul, and body has already been the claim, the justice has already been made for you and I, spirit, soul, and body. Man is threefold. First Thessalonians 5.23. He said, I pray that your whole spirit, soul, and body be what? Preserved what? Blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So your spirit it's already 100% like God. That's the part of you that have been crucified. But your soul and your body already been paid for. But notice this. You and I don't reap a glorified soul, Brother George, or a glorified body until you leave here. But you, because you're born of God and you have a, your spirit is 100% like God, I can teach my soul how to act like my spirit. Let me say that to y'all again. I can teach my soul how to respond to life like my spirit. Why? Because it's born of God. Amen? Watch this. Notice this. So, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. See, because I died. But Christ liveth where? It's Christ as well. So that's what we're saying. So the life that we're living now is to demonstrate the love of God. Because why? He said, therefore, I say, take no thought for your life. I laid my life down. So the life that I now have is Christ liveth where? In me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, in what I'm doing right here, Notice this, I live by the faith, is that right, of the Son of God who what, loved me, and what did he do? He gave himself for me. That's why I, he say, therefore I say, take no thought for your life. Because as a one born of the kingdom of God, what does the word kingdom mean? Y'all remember the? The definition I gave y'all for the word kingdom, <clears throat> sovereignty. What is what ruler, kingship? Is that right? And authority. So when you are 
So when you and I live under the kingdom of God, that's what you possess. Now, it is not a, how do you say that, democracy? When you serve God, it is a theocracy. He's the king. He set the way. See what he said? I'm in the kingdom of God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet it's not I. But it's Christ living in me. So now the life that I'm now living, what I'm supposed to do, I'm allowing that life, the spirit of Christ that's in me, is working its life through me. Christ working his life through me. Oh, man, I just, can y'all see that? All right, now watch this. If that's the case, this is where we're going to spend the rest of our time at tonight. Go to Matthew chapter 11. And look here at verse 12. <clears throat> this has been, I want to talk to you a little bit about the kingdom of God, how it suffered violently. In the body of Christ, we tolerate too many things. We tolerate sickness. We tolerate pain. We tolerate aches. We tolerate lack, insufficiency. And <clears throat> studying this, and keep looking at this. He said, from the day of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violent. And we don't like that word. But you know what the word violent means? It means overpower. The word suffer here means you're taking it, well, there it is, the word force. So what are we taking by force? If I got, I was running today. <clears throat> and while I was jogging, I had this sharp pain try to hit my knee. Now, I could have said, oh, my God, my knee. Oh, Jesus. Maybe I need to stop. Right? That's the most logical thing. But when you got a kingdom mindset, <clears throat> now I'm just speaking to y'all from a kingdom mindset, okay? So, so when, you, when you have a kingdom mindset, what I said, no, I plead the blood of Jesus. Stop it. I'm, what I'm doing, I'm, the kingdom of God suffered violent. That means Jesus already paid the price for my healing, right? For my deliverance, right? So therefore, what am I doing? I am, if the kingdom of God is in me, then notice this. There are words that releases, that, yeah, that releases the kingdom of God in this body when something is wrong, right? So what am I doing? I'm taking the word of God and I'm saying, knee, be healed. And I kept on running. Kept on running. And want to try to act, act it like tonight, I could barely feel what was. I don't know what it was. I don't care what it was. It can't stay. Remember when we say Proverbs 18:21? Life and death is in the power of whose tongue? 
So whatever the first word that had come out of my mouth, uh, Miss uh, Miss D D Lebon, D Lebon. All right. First word that come out of my mouth was just going to determine who I'm giving power to. So I wouldn't give I wouldn't give power to the pain. Not when Jesus said, I bore your pain. Isaiah 54, 3 through 5, 1 Peter 2.24. Himself bore my sin in his body on the tree that I may be dead to sin and that I may live unto righteousness. That righteousness, I got a right. The theocracy, the kingdom says you are healed. So I have to either take words of the kingdom of God and speak of that and receive and be the recipient. My body, my knee being the recipient of it. Or I can yield to the kingdom of darkness and say, oh, man, I might need to stop this here. I'm getting old. No way. The enemy wait for words like that. Why? Because it's your words that's setting you up. He's going to use your word and set you up. And he's going to bring to pass. He's going to use your word to bring to pass in your life. Hmm? So when he said the kingdom of God suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. That means I have the word, when the word violent, it means to overpower. That means I have, I'm using words of the kingdom to do what? To overpower what, the, what my body is saying to me. No, you can't do this. You got to speak to your body. Right? You got to speak to your finances. Right? So if the kingdom of God take it, suffered violent and the violent take it by force, well, let's see what that looked like. Let's see how Jesus dealt with this. And, we, you know, and then we're not going to have time for much. In Go to uh, Mark chapter 5. These are going to be the two scriptures I'm going to use. Mark chapter 5. <clears throat> now, let's go to Luke chapter 8. It's the same story in Mark 5 about, go to Luke, I think is and, and let's go to, let's say Luke 8, 40, uh, 45, but saw with the woman, uh, with Jairus' daughter. <clears throat> I know verse 49 is the verse I want you to see, but I want to back up because I want to talk about the woman with the issue of blood. Forty-five. Okay, so let's go to Luke eight. Let's back it up a little bit further. Let's go back a little bit. Go back to verse forty. Okay. Now, and let's put that in the classic amplifier. I want y'all pay close attention to these two situations. 
One situation we got here is a woman with an issue of blood. That issue of blood that she's been having, it's like it's a plague. She's been having for over 12 years. Okay? The next, the other one that we're dealing with is a man's daughter who died. So I'm giving you application about how the kingdom of God, you and I, overpower death. We overpower pain. We overpower whatever plague. Not because of who we are, but because of whose we are. It's what Jesus did. So what do we do? We are partakers of this covenant. Okay? Watch this. Now, when Jesus came back to Galilee, the crowd received and welcomed him gladly for there were, <clears throat> they were all waiting and looking for him. Next verse. And there came a man named Jairus who had a, for a long time been a director of the synagogue. Well, he was the leader of the church. And fallen at the feet of Jesus and begged him to come to his house. I mean, just think about that for a moment. I, want, I don't want you to see Jesus. I want you to see you, somebody come knocking at your door. J.W. My husband had passed out. Could you come see? Could you come lay your hands on him? Did you call 911 first? <laughs> How long has this been going on? Is that right? Can y'all see this? This is how we, the body of Christ, have weakened ourselves through the soulish man, through the flesh, because we are not paying attention to the life that is in us. And the enemy is trying to put fear through what you see, how you hear, so you are not speaking that light. You notice this. He said, for he had only one daughter, about 12 years of age. And she was dying. And as Jesus went, the people pressed together around him, almost suffocating him. And a woman who had suffered from a flow of blood for 12 years and had spent all her living upon physician and could not be healed by anyone. Wow. And came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. And immediately her flow of blood stopped. Go to the next verse for more. Let's see something. <clears throat> All right. Pause it right here and go to Mark chapter 5 and look at verse 25. And we'll come back. Watch this. I want you to see something that the woman said. Mark pointed this out. But what I really want you to see in Luke was start at verse 49. And the woman who was, who had a flow of blood for 12 years, next verse, and who had done much suffering under the hands of many physicians. No, go to uh, uh, King James. But if she was no better, she got worse, okay? Now go to verse 27. And when she heard of Jesus, that's what I wanted to see. 
And when she heard of JW, when she heard of Travis, uh, when she heard of Brother Richard, uh, when she heard of Daryl, is that right? Came in and pressed behind and touched his garment. For she said, notice this, faith works when your mouth is open. You can't, you can't live by faith with your mouth closed. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Now, we read in the other, in Luke's, Brother Joy, she suffered many things by many physicians and couldn't get healed. But look what she said here. If I may touch his clothes, I shall be whole. That means she heard of Jesus. That means she heard him raising the dead. She, she heard him curing the leper. Huh? She, she, she heard him ministering to Peter's uh, uh, mother-in-law. Is that right? Next verse. And straightway the fountain of her blood did what? Dried up and she felt in her body that she was what? Healed of what? Of that plague. Why? Because she touched the one who had the power. Well, Jesus no longer has that power. That power is in the body of Christ. But when we say in the name of Jesus, knowing that we have the spirit of Christ in us, what are we doing? We're releasing the same authority that Jesus did right here of the kingdom of God. He re the same authority that Jesus releasing, we are releasing right now. Can y'all see this? Look at the next verse. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him and turned about and pressed and said, who touched my clothes? Well, I mean, this could go both ways. I, you know, Jesus, now he was God, but yet he was human too. I really believe he didn't probably know who touched him. Then again, he, put, he could have known. It don't say. So I'm just putting it out there both ways. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him. Next verse. And his disciples said to him, thou seest the multitude thrown in thee, and said, who touched me? Because many were touching him. And he looked around to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fear and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him. And what did she do? She told him what? All the truth, all what true, how she suffered for 12 years. How she went through this, how she was tortured, how she was tormented, how she was, you know, she was what? Uh, uh, what how do you say that? Ostracized, the meaning she was unclean. She couldn't, she couldn't mingle with people. She couldn't, she couldn't mingle with the, with the community. She was considered unclean. What if she had a business? She probably lost her business. What if she probably lost her marriage, lost her family? 
She came and told him all the truth. But look what the next verse says. Look what Jesus said. Remember, I said, you can't, you can't live by faith with your mouth closed. He said to her, daughter, thy faith, that means that was in God, made thee whole. Go in peace. You know what that go in peace mean? This will never return again. Can you see that? And be whole. Notice the word whole. That means be whole of thy plague. Now you can enter in society and you can make well, well good of your life from here on. But what are we trying to show you? The kingdom of God suffered violent and the violent take it by force. You can't be afraid to live, you know, to live out the Christian life that you are not where we are right now today. There are people strung out on all kinds of drugs. There are people strung out today on all type of addiction. The answer is on the inside of you and I. Right? All right. Then lastly, watch this. Go back to Luke chapter 5, I mean chapter 8, and let's start here at verse 40, uh, 45. And put it in the amplifier. I have always loved this. <clears throat> And Jesus said, who is it that touched me? And when all were denying it, Peter and those who were with him said, Master, the multitude surround you and pressed upon you on every side. And Jesus said, someone did touch me for I perceive that healing power had gone forth from me. That means, see, healing is a virtue. You, I know when I minister to someone for healing, I know when it, I know if they received it or not. It's by faith. That person has to take it. It's not a feeling. It's a. It's it's a. It, you are taking it based on the, <clears throat> based on the redemptive work of Christ. You say, I believe that Jesus did this for me, and therefore I receive healing right now. And if you receive the word of God by faith, then the power of the Holy Spirit is what goes in and does the work. Now, healing could be instant. Healing could be delayed by an hour. It could be delayed by a day. It could be delayed by a week. But you were healed the moment virtue left. You received it. You follow what I'm saying? Now watch this. <clears throat> And when the woman saw that she had not escaped notice, she came in up trembling and falling down before him and declared in the presence of all the people for that reason, she had touched him and how she had been instantly cured. Next verse. And he said to her daughter, your faith, your confident and trust where in me. See, that's what faith is, has made you what? Well, go enter into peace, untroubled, undisturbed, well-being. Meaning this, you don't have to ever be concerned about this issue coming back on you again. Is that right? 
How would you like to, you know, you don't ever have to be concerned about catching the flu again. Oh, I'm not going to say that. That's what I tell myself. Over 40-something years. Nope. When I realized that I had authority over the flu, when the first time I heard someone speaking of that, about redeeming from the curse of the law, I said, really? Because I was one, I would go, you know, before the flu season starts. <laughs> I go get my NyQuil, all my little goodies. I'm ready. <laughs> and then when I, I went to church and I was listening, and I said, oh, my God. I said, could that really be? And I tell you what, I started, I had a bunch of called healing, you know, scriptures on uh, on healing, and I read those scriptures, and then all of a sudden, it was just like, man, I believe. So I start running around the house, start praising God. I was sweating like I would know it, and then I'm telling you, like within 30 minutes, whatever it was, I threw it up, and that has never happen again because I still read the same scriptures for help as I did for healing. Now I don't need healing. I need help. Right? Now watch this. Closing with this. Here we go. And while he was still speaking a man from the house of the directors of the, of the synagogue came to him named Jairus. His daughter is what? Your daughter is what? Dead. What can you do with a dead person? Bury him, right? Do not weary. Notice Jesus, <clears throat> Jairus did not speak. But watch this. This was the, this was the uh, one of the, you know, one of the people from, from Jairus. Do not weary and trouble the teacher any further. What that's saying to you and I today. Don't, don't, and don't need to call him the pastor. It's finished. What are you going to do? What's she going to do? <clears throat> I'm just presenting to you application about the laws of the kingdom of God. Now you have to trust the word of God yourself, whether you're going to act on the word or you're just going to stay on the sideline. Next verse. <clears throat> but Jesus, watch this. <clears throat> but Jesus on hearing this, who answered? Can you see it? Jesus answered. What did he say? Come on, read it with me. Do not be, what, seized <clears throat> with alarm or struck with fear. Simply believe in me as able to what? <clears throat> what? Do what? Raise the dead? And she shall be made well. I'm, I'm, all I'm saying to you and I, this is what God is expecting us to rise up. Look at the next verse. 
And when he came to the house, he permitted no one to enter with him except Peter, John, and Jane, and the girl's father and mother. Why? Because you got to be careful about people who's around you. They fill with doubt. They fill with unbelief. Because you don't play with this. I didn't have a few people been raised from the dead. And I'm telling you, I know what I'm saying. You don't, you don't have nobody around you with no unbelief. Okay? And notice this. Next verse, uh, <clears throat> Bobby. And all were weeping and wailing, bewailing her. And he said, do not weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. Next verse. And they laughed him to scorn. That's why they brought him out. Knowing full well that she was dead. And grasped. Now this is how Jesus ministered to her who were dead. Elisha ministered to the woman, the Shulamite woman, son who was dead. Right? There are many ways. There are several days. This is, look what Jesus did. What did he do? Grafting her hand, he called, saying, Child, arise from the sleep of death. He didn't say, No. Praying in tongue, that was for me. You should already be built up. You should already be edified. Right? Right? See what he said? Why? Look at, listen, guys. It's not you that's doing it. Go back to that last verse again in uh, Galatians 2.20, and I'm, and I'm done. <clears throat> Nevertheless, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. I've been crucified with Christ. In him, I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live. But Christ, the Messiah, he lives in me. So it's Christ in me that's doing the work. But he needs my body because Jesus don't have a physical body anymore. He has a glorified body. So you have to have a body with the authority on the earth so that what he's doing, he's taking his power, his authority, using our body, and he is transferring healing virtue. It's work through your hand. It works through your mouth. Can you see it? It doesn't, it, it works in every, in every aspect of life. Okay? So the life that he said, notice this. I live by the faith apprehended to and reliance on and complete trust in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Now, I know that's probably a little bit of a lot tonight, but I want y'all to go home. I think we'll be able to upload that podcast, upload that tonight, and you'll be able to listen.